Let's pick it up with a new book of the Bible here in our daily Bible reading as we this week start on and we're going to hit the book of Nehemiah, uh, the writer uh, writing of Nehemiah here in the Old Testament. We're going to do the first two chapters for today on this Sunday. Uh, we'll be busy at this through Saturday and we're going to have to mul do multiple chapters, but I think it'll work fine. And in this way, we can really see the cohesiveness of this book. So I'm looking in, uh, in Nehemiah in my notes. And it says that 12 years have intervened between the end of the book of Ezra and this chapter. So uh, what we see from that, too, is that, uh, number one, things on this earth always take time. Number two, when, when God comes to rescue uh, us in, in this earthly setting, it isn't always an, an instant quick fix. For instance, Jesus tells us to believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Well, that gives us the uh, the assurance that our loved ones who die in the Lord are going to be with or with the Lord, uh, but we're not going to see him right away. There's going to be a time that we have to wait. Just as many times God causes us and, and allows us to wait, I mean, as answers to prayer, but that's okay because we know eventually it's going to be answered. It's going to be a challenging time in between, and it isn't always going to be something that we like, uh, but we know that we can wait upon that. We're in the season of Advent right now, and Advent is a time that reminds us that we have to wait upon God, but it's worth the waiting upon God. The first time when Jesus came into the world that first Christmas, they waited for thousands of years for that to happen. Uh, we're, we've been waiting 2,000 years uh, since the time Jesus was on earth when he said, I'm coming back soon. Uh, but we can do that kind of waiting. Uh, we, we, we can be okay with that. The scriptures use the words patience, long-suffering, bearing under a load quite often because that's what we're called to do. But we always know that there's that light at the end of the tunnel and that God will always keep his promises. We base it upon looking uh, to, the, to, the, to the past and, and seeing how God's been faithful to us. And again, that's what Advent's about, too, uh, that we know that God can be trusted. So here in, the, in this 12-year gap after the time of Ezra, we read in the first part of Nehemiah that he, Nehemiah hears about the deplorable conditions yet. In, uh, in Israel, in Jerusalem. It says in verse 3, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile uh, is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. So this isn't going to happen overnight and it hasn't. They're called to wait upon God and Nehemiah gets this placed upon his his heart. So Nehemiah comes to God. We saw this with Ezra too. We saw this for ourselves. God says, call upon us in the call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. You will thank me. And we're called to do the same thing too, to be faithful prayer warriors for one another, uh, to wait upon the Lord and and know that that uh, if we can do that uh, nehemiah also confesses the sins of the people of israel and he says which we have sinned against you so nehemiah includes himself that he's a part of that too and in verse 7 he says we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments the statutes and the rules that you commanded your servant moses which we can say too um, god has no um uh, no obligation to hear our prayers. In fact, we give him many reasons not to. And yet he invites us and wants us to come to him in prayer. He says we can pray in Jesus' name. So not based upon what we have done or haven't done, but always based upon what Jesus has done for us. That's why we can be sure that our prayers will be answered. But this is kind of an interesting uh, side note here. Uh, we hear this oftentimes in the Old Testament. We read about it first in the Psalms, the commandments, the statutes, and the rules of God. So here's the thing. The commandments are those things that God's charged us to do. The uh, the rules really comes from the word for judgments, 
And it means uh, sometimes the judgment of the fact that we are judged guilty, but also the judgment, too, of being, of being a judge not guilty in the righteousness of God. So, so those rules are not always a, a negative thing. Sometimes they're a positive thing. And also the, uh, the statutes, those things think that, that are set in stone, that are prescribed, that are engraved, that don't change at all. Um, and we thank God for that, that his rules, uh, his, his uh, statutes are not things that where, where God says, well, you know, today I'm going to make different ones or tomorrow is going to be different than what is in the past. No, God's consistent. That uh, We talked about that in, in confirmation class today, how when, when someone is tells you the truth, they're trustworthy and you know that you can trust them and we can trust God too. Um, and and uh, Nehemiah goes on to say in verse 10, realizing that God, in the end, you have redeemed us by your great power and by your strong hand. In other words, God brought us back and bought us back. We originally were his. We fell away. He buys us back and brings us back. And he asked God in verse 11, let your ear be attentive to us. And again, I think back to, to Solomon's uh, prayer and uh, the dedication of the temple. The most, most important things he asks of God is not for fame, not for riches. He doesn't even ask that for himself, but that God's ear would always be attentive to our prayer. The saddest thing in the world is when God stops hearing prayer. And at one point, uh, we don't know when that is. Um, uh, when we cut ourselves off from God, um, God won't listen to us. But by grace, we can we can uh, have the assurance that his ears are always open to us. The prodigal son, when he came back, had his father's ear. Uh, we have the same from God if we're willing to repent and come back to, uh, to him. And then we find at the end of chapter one what Nehemiah's position is. He's a cupbearer to the king. Now think about this. When he first comes to... Uh, uh, to Babylon. Um, he's, a, he's a captive. He's a POW. He's a prisoner of war. But God allowed him to be able to find favor with the king, get into a position where now he's able to be a spokesman for his people. And that's exactly what he does. Nehemiah is faithful in that. You think of Ruth kind of the same way, Deborah the same way, or other good examples. Um, you and I too, when we have a position uh, that God allows us to have in the world, we need to be there for brothers and sisters in Christ and lift each other up and uh, and, and use that position, not in, a, in an abusive kind of way, but also to be able to be that spokesman, um, to be able to speak um, and, and for the for the good of, of uh, God's people. Because when Nehemiah comes in the presence of the king and the king sees that something isn't quite right with Nehemiah, Nehemiah is able to tell him about the condition that's back in Jerusalem. Now, the temple hasn't been built, and then uh, it turns around, the king sends him back. So again, God using his messengers um, to, uh, uh, to be able, for the good of his people, and God always being in charge of, of history. Of course, then, there's always going to be opposition, if you read at the end of chapter 2. Uh, when Nehemiah gets back there, um, there's going to be opposition. There are those who jeered at him and despised him, asking what he's doing. Is he trying to rebel? We are going to run an opposition in our world, too, when we do the right things. But God calls us to be faithful and to trust him. So God bless you as you read Nehemiah this week. A good, a good one for Advent as we learn to wait and trust in God and how God is faithful to his promises. God bless you as you read.